Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by the Hoopheads Podcast Network and hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, as always. Today, I'm coming at you solo again, but I do uh, have plans for later this week, actually. As long as everything goes as planned, I should have a guest joining me uh, just in a couple of days who is very near and dear to my heart. And more importantly, you guys will be getting a two podcast week here, which will get us back to our, I guess, usual schedule that I had uh, when I started off here at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. As far as my writing works into that workload, uh, what I have been doing with recording earlier in the week has been working better. So we'll see um, how that develops as time goes. But I'm uh, especially looking forward to the next episode and... Um, but besides that, we've had a lot of news in the past week since I have touched base with all of you. Uh, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've likely heard um, a lot of what I'm about to cover, but hopefully I can uh, I can uh, expand upon some of the details with uh, some of these deals or no deals that I am going to go through. The deal that did not end up going through, unfortunately, despite... What I last recorded um, last week was the Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, sign-and-trade deal. Um, let's see. I believe it was, hmm, would this have been last Monday or uh, Tuesday the 16th or 17th? It kind of escapes me. But the same evening as the Drew Holiday trade, just within two or three hours of that, of course, uh, News broke that the Bucks were signing Bogdan Bogdanovich, of course, from the Sacramento Kings in a sign-in trade for DJ, Dante, and Ursan Ilyasova. We covered that already, and we covered what his uh, maximum salary could be in that sign-in trade deal, of course, including that we would have gotten uh, Justin James back. However, uh, a day or two later, uh, last Wednesday, the 18th, Sam Amick of The Athletic reported that the Bogdanovich Donovich trade was in jeopardy in that there had never been an agreement from um, Bogdan's side. And certainly <laughs> I was I was uh, feeling the same as a lot of Bucks fans out there. Just I don't know if I should say shocked considering some of the immediate reactions of this were uh, questions about tampering 
since free agency didn't officially begin until last Friday the 20th at 5 p.m. Central Time. So for this to have uh, been announced four days before was really confusing for everyone, but uh, tampering is something that um, it's kind of a funny subject because everyone knows that for, uh, for example, for these free agency deals that are agreed upon uh, at, in this case, 5 p.m. on Friday, there has to be some um, some level of tampering going on because uh, not only uh, discussions with a, a new player who would be joining your roster, but if this is a returning player that you're negotiating with, you're not uh, even really allowed to negotiate new contracts uh with even your own players until the free agency window, technically. Um, of course, there are levels to all this and what you can get away with, but for for news to, to break and for it to be so egregious and that it was reported four days before, not necessarily a huge shock. Um, I guess it was kind of, the emotions more so were kind of um, a great deal of frustration and wondering who, uh, who was to blame uh, in particular on this matter. Uh, the answer to that still isn't quite clear uh, besides maybe all parties involved. Um, but as after this report from the Athletic Sam, uh, Sam Amick on Wednesday, Bucks fans still were able to hold on to a little bit of hope, especially when ESPN's Brian Winhurst uh, speculated that the trade would still likely go through but perhaps the league had reached out to the Bucks and Bogdan's party um, since there was definitely a complaint filed by some team in the league. I wonder who that could be. Maybe someone who doesn't want to see uh, the back-to-back uh, first-place team in the Eastern Conference uh, get better. And materially at that, after we... Uh, mortgaged a ton of our future to get Drew Holiday, which I still do not regret. I'll expand on that more. Um, anyways, Winhurst was saying that perhaps the league had just reached out to the Bucks and Bogdan, maybe walk back. Uh, I, I don't know how, I guess, yeah, just maybe walk back some of the, uh, some of the reports, maybe say that there wasn't, uh, there wasn't technically in agreement yet, but maybe that both sides were still interested. I don't know. To me, that still technically sounds like it's against uh, the whatever tampering rules that there are. But um, I guess, yeah, regardless, the trade did not end up going through, and Milwaukee Bucks really knew that on Thursday, the 19th, that would have been when Ursan Ilyasova was, was waived, and that effectively ruined our chances at Bogdan since he was the greatest salary that we were sending out uh, for the the Sacramento wing. Of course, uh, in speaking with some of my peers on, on if this indeed ended any of our chances, we could have still technically uh, traded another salary, but the Bucks were limited and we really would have had to give out Brooke Lopez, which although... In a vacuum, Bogdan might be the better player um, and would probably be able to fit better on more teams. Brooke is, of course, exceedingly important to the Bucks, And um, 
with Giannis, although he is incredible, two-time uh, back-to-back MVP and defensive player of the year, uh, Brooks' ability to stretch the floor and also protect the paint at the same time is a really rare uh, skill set. Um, so that would have been a, an enormous loss for the Bucks, and maybe it wouldn't have been worth it to give him up for Bogdanovich. I would say, I would say it's pretty close, uh, close there. Um, I'd probably lean towards keeping Brook. In, I mean, yeah. Then the question is, uh, who would we have replaced him with? So, pr- you'd probably want to keep Brook um, in most cases whenever uh, this comes up, and obviously we ended up doing so. Uh, I believe, uh, I forget if it was against Sam Amick or. Maybe the athletic Shams Sarani reported that the Bucks uh, had moved on uh, from their uh, Bogdan chase, which at that point, after Ursan was waived, it was kind of like a kind of like a no duh kind of situation. But that was another development that was out there, and um, then this takes us to Sunday when. Um, we heard some more updates on Bogdan. Of course, after we lost him, Bucks were really interested to see um, where he would go from there. And uh, Bogdan ended up signing an offer sheet with the Atlanta Hawks. And of course, it ended up being a four-year, $72 million deal. Of course, that would be an average salary of $18 million, which is also what he could have made with the Bucks, which is incredibly frustrating. I mean, I still feel like at the end of the day, if we really, um, if both parties were truly still interested, the Bucks probably could have still gotten this done to get Bogdan. Because um, the league did send out a mem- memo saying uh, that the, uh, if you violate the tampering rules, that, that there could be consequences of up to, a, uh, I believe it was a $10 million fine. It sounds kind of rich now that I'm saying it, but... That's what I recall at the moment, uh, plus draft compensation. Of course, uh, what draft compensation do the Bucks have left at this point? Uh, that's that's a wonder, of course, uh, especially when considering the, the Stepien rule and that uh, teams must have a first-round pick at least every other year. Um, but yeah, I figured along the same lines of the Drew Holiday trade, where we gave up a lot of that draft compensation, in my mind when I heard that, I still... Um, admittedly just rolled my eyes somehow at $10 million. Um, so I truly don't really have any any sympathy for, uh, you know, billionaires' bank statements as far as uh, paying any fine because, you know, if, if, we were, if we were to have had to shell out $10 million and that also meant getting bogged on, then I think it would have been worth it as, as it was worth it for us to give up those two unprotected draft picks far out in the future and who knows where the bucks will be at at that point uh plus the other pick swaps um but yeah maybe bogdan is mentioned from another analyst that i that i trust clearly if i'm relaying this information on the podcast that uh perhaps bogdan wanted wanted a bigger role of course trey young would still be the number one option on the atlanta hawks and they did sign a Danilo Gallinari. But other than that, after Trey Young, I'd say that the, the Atlanta Hawks have a lot of very similar tiered players at this point. So uh, as far as being a clear 
being a clear number four option on the Bucks um, for Bogdan to perhaps compete for the the um, I mean I wouldn't say second banana since it's not like not like there would be a clear tier between uh, Trey than him than everybody else, but for him to maybe compete with being the second highest scorer perhaps on the Atlanta Hawks, maybe that's more enticing for him in his young career. And I say all that on the Hawks' future because uh, as of yesterday, the Kings declined to match Bogdan's offer sheet. So this again, kind of, and this is puzzling because if this was maybe something that that the Kings maybe tried to pull last minute, say they would have le- would have leaked this news um, after finding out that they didn't even end up matching Bogdan's off- offer sheet. That doesn't seem quite likely. They definitely would have wanted to receive. Uh, Dante, DJ, and Urson rather than receiving uh, nothing in return for Bogdan. So this must be, um, and then of course Bogdan receiving the same amount of money that he could, that he could have from the Bucks. We don't know for sure what the Bucks offered him, but with all this drama, you'd think maybe they would have they would have reached back out and maybe tampered. <laughs> maybe uh, that sounds silly, but but if they they negotiated before and Bogdan's party maybe. Maybe they leaked this news in order for him to get out of the deal because they thought he could he could receive twenty million. Um, that was, of course, a scenario that I thought out. But for him to get the same exact money that he could have with the Bucks, that doesn't seem likely either. So who's to say exactly why this sign and trade fell through the way it did? Besides the fact that there was egregious tampering that uh, somehow got leaked, it's beyond me. There's no clear person to blame. So. Uh, probably just to say that it's pretty much all parties' fault to some degree, but that's enough on Bogdan now. Um, I can't say I'm quite rooting for him as much as I am anybody else in the NBA, but uh, I mean, as I as I do with any M- NBA player, I uh, we should uh, wish them the best in a healthy, successful career. And just of note, also is that um, that. Uh, Reportedly, he, Giannis, he, Giannis and Thanasis had a pretty strong uh, relationship these past years as they were all in the NBA. So that's a bummer, too, that we can't see them connected. And obviously having him on the team supports Giannis signing the Supermax, but I don't think losing out on um, even if they were friends and, and this he would have been a, a very uh, top end number four option on a team. I don't think losing a number four option would really swing whether or not Giannis stays with the Milwaukee Bucks or not. But I'm not going to continue to try to get into Giannis's head. Um, so beyond that little, uh, rather not so little, front office hiccup, we had a bit of a situation with Pat Connaughton's deal. It was originally reported as a two-year, $8.3 million deal with a player option uh, for the second year. Now, Bucks fans here um, weren't. Maybe the only thing we were questioning at first was the fact that Pat Connaughton would have earned himself uh, a uh, second-year player option. Now, that's still with the original deal, and I repeat, the original deal at at four million dollars and some change really really isn't that much. And I kind of like what uh, Kane Pittman had to say on lock on locked on Bucks where. I mean, he, he he definitely had some high praise for Pat Connaughton. And uh, I have nothing personally against Pat Connaughton. He, uh, I, would, I wouldn't say that, that, uh, that he had the most 
uh, encouraging performance this past season, especially in the playoffs. So uh, giving a player option, which is obviously does not favor a team, isn't what fans are excited are excited about, uh, given um, what we've seen most recently. But I mean, still four four point million dollars for a clear rotation player is uh, in the end not really something to grimace at. Um, but that's that's beyond the end of of this Pat Connaughton deal. So um, as pointed out by two Frank Madden of Locked On Bucks from some other individual whose name escapes me. But um, so Pat Connaughton's deal had to be adjusted uh, from the two-year uh, $8.3 million deal with the player option at the end to a three-year $16 million deal that also had a player option at the end. Now, a lot of times when you see, most of the time when you see two deals reported for one player, it has something to do with an issue in reporting. However, with such great changes in it, such as the number of years and and the total guaranteed dollars, there was clearly something fishy going on here. And I think um, the Twitter user, by way of uh, Frank Madden, pointed this out earlier, but uh, Pat Connaughton was an early qualifying veteran free agent, uh, as defined by the collective bargaining agreement. Now, this means that... Uh, all that really means is that he was eligible for the early bird exception. And when you are an early qualifying veteran free agent, um, in order to sign that early bird exception, your contract must be at least two years in length. Uh, and that is done so that uh, you cannot just sign a one-year deal and then use your entire bird rights the, the following year, which the full Larry Bird exception allows you to get a maximum contract and all that. So, yeah, I guess that would be sort of a way to circumvent your exceptions and timing with the conclusion of your contract. Um, but as I said, it was a player option on that second year, which um, which means he could have been, been a free agent next season. So had the Bucks and Pat Connaughton uh stayed with the original agreed-upon deal, uh, Pat Connaughton's contract could not no longer have counted towards that uh, early bird exception, and it would have eaten into our uh, our mid-level exception, which is really bad news for a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, who had very limited flexibility this offseason. So that is why Pat Connaughton's deal... Uh, was changed to uh, that three-year, $60 million deal with a player option. Now, I, I recently this week uh, participated in a, in a webinar from, uh, I mean, basically an, an NBA insider whom I, whom I trust greatly and more than most people and uh, admittedly where I get a lot of this, uh, this cap info from. I'll leave him nameless at, at this point, but maybe a lot of you get whom I'm referring to and he was saying that that uh, that he thought that the Bucks maybe overcompensated for this clearly, and of course they had to make sure that he had he was locked in for two years in order to to use that exception. But uh, to nearly double his guaranteed his guaranteed money was maybe uh, was maybe a little bit uh, too rich, especially when you include that he also 
maintain that player option that isn't, of course, is not uh, team friendly at all. So uh, I guess good on Pat Connaughton and uh, we should expect better from our front office in the future. Uh, I just want to go through more of some of those key terms that I had mentioned before. Uh, I'll try not to be too redundant here. So for an early bird to to be that uh, early qualifying veteran free agent or be eligible for the early bird exception, uh, you must be... um, you must be under contract for uh, two years, or rather, you must remain on, excuse me, I'm botching this. Um, you may not clear waivers or change teams as a free agent for two seasons. And as I mentioned, that um, contract must be at least uh, two years in length and can be uh, up to four years and you're eligible for uh, 8% maximum raises from that starting salary. Now, the full Larry Bird exception is the same deal, except it's for three seasons um, without uh, clearing waivers or changing teams as a free agent. And you can sign and you can sign for uh, up to five years, but you're, uh, you can also only sign for one year in that case. Then the is there are the... Um, Pardon me. There is the non-bird exception, which is a, a bit of a, nis, a misnomer because it is a, a variation of the Larry Bird exception. Uh, you can sign for one to four years with uh, maximum raises of 5% from the starting salary. Some of the stipulations there are slightly different. Um, so you would have just had to have played one season, but no more than that without uh, clearing waivers or changing teams as a free agent. Um, you could also be eligible for this exception if you are renounced um, as a uh, early qualifying veteran free agent um, or if you would have been eligible for the full bird or the early bird exception uh, while on a one-year contract um, and then traded midway through this season. Now, when I'm reading, now when I was reading this in the uh, in the references that I was going through. Um, as far as that one-year contract concerned, I'm uncertain if that means that any player on an expiring deal, whether that have been initially a four-year contract, three-year, two-year, one-year contract, et cetera, if that would count for them, or if, or if they would have had to have signed a contract the, the previous summer. I'm not sure exactly how that one-year contract stipulation works in there. Um, but for example players who just signed a one-year deal with us this summer um, are eligible to be to uh, receive the numbered exception next season. And I'm going to get into some of those players right now, actually. Um, now, uh, we did lose a few players, some more important than others. The biggest disappointment for the Bucks, and I thought was... Our top priority, once it didn't look like we were going to get uh, Bogdan anymore, was Wesley Matthews, and he unfortunately agreed to a one-year, uh, $3.6 million deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, see, in this case, it sounds like next year he could be eligible for that uh, non-bird exception based on what I was just using. But more importantly, this is an enormous loss for the Bucks. 
I feel, I mean, clearly he was our starter last season. He would have started for us again, definitely, especially without Bogdan. And I mean, he was our best defender on Jimmy Butler in the second round of the playoffs. He did about as well as anybody on James Harden as well. He could, he, he showed little conscious, uh, conscience on, <laughs> on, uh, three point shooting, uh, beyond the arc. He could, um, fill it up from a couple feet behind the arc and uh, did an exceptional do- job spacing around Giannis while also taking on some of the toughest um, uh, opponents defenders and um, locked on books also made a-, a point to mention that maybe it wasn't such a coincidence that Chris Middleton had his his best offensive season by far while having Wesley Matthews next to him to take on some of his tougher assignments so um, this is no small loss for the Milwaukee Bucks. I imagine that Dante DiVincenzo is the uh, most likely candidate to take his spot. He's also not quite a slouch on the defensive end either. So hopefully we won't see too much of a drop off from that two spot or from uh, any players playing alongside him. But yeah, huge bummer. And I was really puzzled by this too, because like I had said from the top, um, Wesley Matthews uh, leaving a go leaving a team that, despite the results this year, has been the top team in the Eastern Conference the past two years, has the two-time MVP and reigning Defensive Player of the Year as well. And uh, I've I've heard other people say that the Bucks, as of now, may be the most likely to come out of the East. I'm clearly biased in that, but. Um, it's just other people that I've heard also thinking that way. Kind of odd that he would go to the Lakers considering they also brought back a Contavious Caldwell Pope. Whereas going into last season, I would have thought Wesley Matthews would be the clear starter over him. Um, given how exceptional uh, KCP was on the Lakers during their title run, it may be more of a more of a training camp competition to see who who the starter would be on the Lakers. Maybe, well, I don't. I don't think any of those takes are unreasonable, but uh, I would maybe direct everybody to go check into the hashtag uh, Lakers Hoopheads Podcast Network podcast to see what their thoughts are on who's going to be uh, starting next to LeBron James. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Nuck If You Buck with Devin Zanskis. Be sure to check out our other team-focused NBA pods, Cavalier Central, Grizz and Grind, 305 Culture, Blazing the Path, and Hashtag Lakers. If you're looking for more basketball coaching, playing, and parenting talk, subscribe to these basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and Bleachers and Boards. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Moving on from West, uh, we lost Robin Lopez, who will be going to play for the Washington Wizards. He's signing with them as part of their mid-level exceptions so he's he's eligible to make plenty of money um with the washington wizards i doubt he'll be making that entire 
mid-level exception, but who who really knows? But good on him, especially if he's able to make up for that $5 million player option that he declined this year to control his own destiny, in which he ended up doing. And uh, the Bucks are going to miss him, if not for his uh, off-court antics with uh, fighting with players and mascots and and uh, anybody else he chooses. Uh, we have somewhat of a... Um, I wouldn't maybe I would go as far as to say a huge hole at this at the backup center spot, but definitely somewhere, uh, definitely a position of need for for the Milwaukee Bucks as they stand where they look like they're kind of uh, set for the season now with their lack of flexibility. Sterling Brown has also gone to the Houston Rockets, and I mean S- Sterling clearly wasn't a huge part of the Milwaukee Bucks this past season, so not not super indicative on our odds for next season, but we're. Definitely going to miss Sterling, uh, uh, if not for his play on the court, which I feel like I was higher on than others too. I mean, have, having a wing with size like him who could defend and had uh, some ball skills, maybe maybe believed he had more than he than he was able to prove useful in an NBA setting. But I still thought he was an interesting prospect, and I think he's he was a good get for the Rockets. Now for the new additions, we brought in uh, Bobby Portis on a two-year deal with a player option uh, for the second year. Now, he signed for our biannual exception, which I'll admit I had a lot of t- I spent a lot of time really uh, agonizing over because in my mind, we had... Um, I thought we had used our biannual last year to sign Robin Lopez, but we really used our room exception there. So no need to question uh, that move. Like I was uh, really questioning um, all weekend, but uh, it sounds like that deal will be for around $3.7 million a year, of course, with that player option at the back end. Um, I guess a little bit more on Bobby Portis, just... The big takeaway for me would be it's odd to me that I see in um, when Eric, the athletics Eric name was updating the depth charts that he listed Bobby Portis as a forward and everybody else was seemingly like a Dean, Dean Maniot was considering Bobby Portis to be just a pure uh, four. I think that's a little silly. Of course, he has that stretch element, which we love uh, for the Bucks, but the way I think about it, at least nominally how he's going to play and maybe we don't have to have to pigeonhole players into into one of the five positions necessarily but as far as the other big that Bobby Portis would play next to that would have to be well I would uh, least like to see him playing next to next to Brooke Lopez but if he were to play with a let's just say he's on a bench unit with a DJ Wilson you would definitely want DJ to be checking uh, any players at the four spot because I would definitely think that that DJ is a lot more mobile than Bobby Portis. Obviously, same goes for if Bobby Portis would, would be playing uh, next to Giannis. So that's kind of why I view Bobby Portis especially to be a center or rather our backup center because um, that's who he will be <laughs> most effective defending in my opinion. So... Uh, just because he was a power forward on last year's New York Knicks doesn't mean he should or will be uh, uh, playing that four spot uh, more on the Milwaukee Bucks. 
Uh, big signing for the Milwaukee Bucks is DJ Augustine. He um, he ironically agreed to pretty much the same exact contract that we had Ersan Ilyasova on, which wasn't too exciting. But at the end of the day, I would definitely rather have DJ on that deal than Ersan Ilyasova. Uh, as a reminder, that was a three-year, $21 million deal. Also with the third year non-guaranteed. When I look at spot track, however, um, if I remember correctly, Ursan had uh, $7 million flat to make up that uh, potential $21 million. Uh, but according to spot track, uh, DJs will be uh, starting at at about uh, $6,666,666. So that means that, that uh, with 5% raises, which is the maximum, uh, within the mid, our mid-level exception, um, he'll be make he'll still he still has the potential to make that twenty-one million dollars, but it's with a lesser starting salary that gives us more uh, flexibility this year. Um, another uh, free agent signing that was I think I've mentioned before as a someone to take a flyer on for the Bucks for cheap, and that's Bryn Forbes. Uh, he'll be making $2,337,145, and that will also, uh, there will also be a uh, 5% raise on that for his second year, which is a player option. In my mind, uh, Bryn Forbes is another uh, guard, can defend both the one and the two as far as I'm concerned, and and is quite the exceptional shooter. Other analysts that I've heard seem to be a little more skeptical on his playmaking ability, but um, the fact that he's, I'd say he's largely, uh, well, nominally considered a two guard, but um, I know others have considered him also a point guard. So if he if he's able to switch between the two positions at all, I'm I'm uh, I'm led to believe that that he has some playmaking ability and. Um, as long as he's able to do a little more than just stand in the corner, I would I'd definitely be more surprised on that. But I'll have to wait and see uh, uh, how the Bucks use him to really see uh, see if he ends up being what I had hoped when I was hoping that we would maybe take a flyer on him, which he did, and he did prove to be a pretty cheap deal. So go down the Bucks. Now, next episode, we're going to be talking about the draft. So I'm not going to get two into these guys here but um we had two late second round draft picks uh rather midway through the second round we drafted jordan nawara um out of louisville who agreed to a rookie minimum deal at uh dollars there's also a at number 60 then the very last pick of the draft we got utah state's uh sam merrill uh, I've yet to see a number reported for him, but I mean, you'd imagine it, it would be similar to, I mean, I'd say it's most likely that he'd also be receiving that rookie minimum that I had mentioned before. Uh, both, I know, can definitely fill it up and shot um, right around 40% from three last year. So I'm excited about that. Uh, as you all know, I'm definitely interested in more than shooters on this team. Whereas spacing around Giannis is uh, paramount, um, we saw in the playoffs, especially against the Miami Heat, where uh, having players on the floor who could who could do more than just stand in the corner and shoot and be a little more dynamic on the ball is 
is really what you want in a player. But at the end of the day, these are second round draft picks. So hopefully they won't be seeing the court as much unless they blow us all away. The Bucks also have signed uh, both of their two-way contracts. Um, one, a familiar Jalen Adams and the other, a Mamadi um, Dia- Diakite. I believe I'm saying that right. Perhaps I'm not, but I will certainly learn as the year goes on. Now, Jalen Adams, the reason why I said he was familiar was because he spent uh, he spent a couple months with uh, with the Bucks and a lot of the year with the Herd just this past season. Um, and then he ended up playing uh, a bit in the playoffs for the Portland Trailblazers. And um, I believe he played in two preseason games for the Milwaukee Bucks last season before going to the Herd where he was the uh, runner-up for a G League MVP behind Frank Mason. And then, of course, was on the um, all G League first team. He averaged uh, 21.5 points, uh, five and a half assists, five rebounds, 1.8 steals, and that was in 33 games. Uh, he shot uh, slightly over 40% from three. And as I had mentioned, he played with the Portland Tra- Trailblazers uh, in the bubble in which he, um, he played in three playoff games for the Trailblazers. So... Good on him, and it'll be really exciting to see if he can uh, build upon his his uh, his early experience in the association. Now, Diacate again, apologies if I'm saying that incorrectly. Um, he is he is coming out of college, so no NBA experience, but uh, always good to get a young prospect and and uh, see what they have. Is that's when their potential is the highest. Of course, he was. Um, let's see, he was. Uh, on a ooh, on Virginia, <laughs> excuse me for stumbling there, is on the All ACC second team and All ACC defensive team. He uh, led his team in scoring at thirteen point seven points per game, and also racked up six point eight rebounds and one point three blocks per game. And uh, he did all that as a senior, so he's not uh, necessarily a young guy. So potentials. A little smaller there, but I'm still intrigued to see uh, what he's made of in the league. Some guys translate better than others, but um, for a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, where we don't necessarily have time to, uh, you know, we're not as interested in developing projects. I think this is a this is a really good swing to take. See if we can find a, a diamond in the rough. Um, and uh, last note on Diakate is that he was a semifinalist for the Nascent. Naismith Defensive Player of the Year award. So, yeah, I don't think there's definitely a non-zero chance that he could uh, really be a difference maker someday, if not for the Bucks, with another team. And, um, pardon me. Uh, lastly, in my free agency news, was that um, the Bucks were able to bring in Tory Craig, who had his qualifying offer pulled from the Denver Nuggets, and I think this is. This is an amazing buy low signing for the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I don't I don't want to get ahead of myself as of course he is a player who was essentially cut in a roster crunch. Um I mean, he's he's an exceptional wing defender at the very least. Um he does have a three-point shooting ability. I'd say the defensive end is more so uh 
where he'll make his money if ever he does. Unfortunately, uh, I'm speculating that he's going to be receiving uh, a minimum deal considering all those other deals that I've mentioned having to having to play a role in our uh, mid-level exception. But, I mean, he's, he's started games for a really exceptional uh, Denver Nuggets team, a really deep Denver team, and he played very significant minutes for them. So, for us to get him on a minimum deal especially with our limited flexibility. I was incredibly excited. And I remember when I was seeing, when I saw uh, this news, ironically up north deer hunting, um, I was, you know, I was kind of bummed, I guess, because I thought that there would be very little chance that the Bucks would be able to get him considering we had just spent most of all of our money up in free agency and I thought uh, Craig could have maybe gotten more than more than the minimum, but um, yeah, at that point when I didn't think we could get Craig, I remember uh, talking to my dad and brother about how Bill Simmons always always says that you don't necessarily have to have your team all made up day one of free agency, and that's where teams get themselves in trouble. A la uh, when we signed Ursan and the Silva for um, to a three year twenty one million dollar deal at uh 12.01 touching back to the beginning a little fishy that we had a deal already set for uh, a player at 12.01 all set to go when we're not uh able to discuss signings until um until uh, a minute before we signed him but let's not uh let's not give any more uh ammo to the league office there certainly they're not caring about our son Eliasova. nevertheless um yeah, I was. I guess I was just really excited to get Tory Craig, especially on a cheap deal, and that brings us to um, that brings us to fourteen players on roster, which I believe we're allowed to have. We can have uh, up to fifteen plus our two ways, um, but we won't have enough to sign uh, anyone even at the minimum. But we also won't receive any penalties for having to sign or for having less than 14 players, I think once you hit 13 and definitely lower than that, you will you do have to pay some sort of penalty for not having uh, more players on roster. But since we are hard capped at that $138 million, uh, we're right up against that right now and we don't have uh, not even that uh, $898,310 that not even that rookie minimum that I had mentioned before to spend. So from analysts that I trust, it sounds like uh, the best we'll be able to do is sign a buyout candidate uh, at the trade deadline as they will be receiving a prorated minimum amount. Uh, you'd imagine, well, I know, yeah, you, they would be receiving a prorated amount of the, of the, of the uh, annual uh, minimum contract. So, that's how we would be able to squeeze them in, uh, giving them less than that rookie minimum deal. And buyout candidates being veterans, more likely to have received more money in their days, more likely to uh, um, be willing to take in less money in order to play for a contender, a la a Marvin Williams. Bummer he won't be, be returning for us this year to help us out on our back line. He could have definitely helped us. But uh, there's definitely zero chance we'll be getting him or Kyle Korver 
or Frank Mason back at least at the start of the year. You have to think Frank Mason will find another home being a young prospect, but the other two old guys, one supposedly retired, I wouldn't bet on him coming back. One, a Kyle Korver, who, um, I mean, he played flipping 20 minutes for us in a playoff game, so I don't want to quite say that he doesn't have anything left in the tank, but again, to return, he'd have to sign with us uh, at the trade deadline or later on in the season, basically, to receive a prorated amount. Um, And that brings me into our mailbag question. Uh, This from my, uh, again, from my brother, Drew, uh, very near and dear to my heart, um, especially for engaging with me and uh, bringing me, but more so you guys, content along. He asks, uh, whom I think the best Bucks edition was from this offseason, now, um, listeners out there are probably thinking, well, uh, from from the sounds of it, it sounds like Devin's going to be sending Tory Craig a, uh, a bouquet of flowers and a box of chocolates on Valentine's Day already. Um, but I don't want to be so quick as to th- as to say that Tory Craig will be our most effective out of out of these newcomers. I think he definitely could be, as he could def- he can easily defend uh, uh, twos, threes, and fours. Um, but I think I'd put my money on DJ Augustine, especially, especially since we really had a hole at the backup point guard spot too, after we had shipped out, uh, George Hill and Eric Bledsoe. Um, and I think he's definitely still capable as he, as he started for, I mean, I believe he started for most, if not all of the Orlando magic season last year. So for him to come off the bench for us would be huge. Um, so I guess that would be my number one candidate to uh, to really make a difference for the Bucks, And then obviously I don't really have a lot of other better choices. So I'd say that at that point, I'd probably put my money on Tory Craig. But, um, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to stop flirting with this dude, uh, this dude Tory before uh, he goes and uh, proves me wrong and really has a terrible beginning to the season. But that's not going to happen. I'm knocking on wood here. Now, um, we have one more special ma- mailbag question. That's from uh, Rob Hetherington of the Hoopheads, po- Hoopheads Podcast Network's own uh, Blazing the Path Portland Trailblazers podcast. And uh, he, uh, tongue-in-cheek, asks, where will Giannis be on December 22nd? Now, I think I get more so of where he's going with this. Now, of course, going back to uh, last week or two, Giannis has until December, December uh, 21 to sign uh, a super max deal at least this offseason well to sign the super max extension um, now if he doesn't sign that which he hasn't yet um, the bucks would certain I've ar- I've already gone through there's no there's no realistic scenario in which it would be uh Enticing at all for the Bucks to trade to trade Giannis. There's no trade that we that we would be able to get for Giannis, in which we wouldn't be receiving like nickels and dimes on the dollar for what he brings to us. But we still have him on contract for another year. So, um, despite um, whatever he does with that supermax extension available to him, he will be on roster for the remaining remainder of the season. 
Unless he demands a trade, which he's already said he hasn't, he could change his mind. I don't I don't think that's exceedingly likely giving Giannis's character and what we know uh, about him. But um, you know me, I also don't want to put all my chips in the Giannis is, is built different kind of pool to think that it's totally impossible for him to leave or have any sort of change of heart. But I still feel pretty good about our chances of retaining Giannis, whether he signs a super max or not. Um, I got to think that now the Supermax extension deadline is December 21st. And I don't necessarily have, have all the dates uh, lined up or rather I don't even, the league doesn't necessarily have it lined up for next season either. As far as I know, since this is such an enigma of a season, but um I believe at some point Giannis would still be available to sign the Supermax. It would maybe just be different than the Supermax extension. If you if you get what I'm saying. For example, next next uh offseason, Giannis will no longer be um on the Bucks unless he signs the extension before December 21st. Um but there's a difference between signing the Supermax extension and maybe we could still offer him the same uh you know, designated uh, veteran contract um, with the same Supermax incentives. But I could be wrong there. I'm kind of rambling a bit too much and really really talking myself into a corner corner here. So I'm going to start to wrap it up here. And I do have some very exciting news, not only for myself and my quest to um, receive uh, all the benefits from... The amazing uh, Rocky Rococo pizza and pasta, but also for you guys. I've shared on social media that um, Rocky Rococo did have some pretty quick turnaround, and now um, I think they had, they definitely had it like by the time I was like right around the time when I was recording last week. So I've had these, uh, these uh, free large whole pie coupons for over a week now, and I really have to thank Rocky Rococos for, um, <laughs> I joked that they were able to show us Bucks fans how to successfully complete a trade without it falling through from either party, unlike the Milwaukee Bucks. But yeah, we had heard from Lockdown Bucks' Frank Madden uh, that there was a whole up to 10 year, like a five to 10 year saga with him trying to get free stuff from Rocky Rococos after all that he's talked about them on Lockdown Bucks. So... But he has since received his famous Rocky's pizza sauce, which is incredible. I've bought it for myself before and thrown it on some French bread pizzas. So I definitely recommend that. But yeah, shout out Rocky's for actually engaging with me and sending me these large whole pie coupons. Now, I kind of want to share the wealth with with everybody else and the other listeners. And I've shared it on my social media saying that if you share with me a screenshot of Wherever you get your podcasts, say Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, showing me that you are subscribed, then I will enter you in in a raffle or a list of all other participants, and I'll put your names in the hat and, I don't know, perhaps have my roommate Dominic pick out um, who the lucky winner will be, and I will be uh, mailing you guys one of my coupons for a large whole pie that expires, I believe, at the end of this coming June. Yes, I will be keeping one for myself and don't think I'm greedy. 
I mean, there's two. It just makes sense. I get one. I did all the work for it. But I also know that you guys, if there are any listeners out there that, um, you know, you've dedicated a lot of time to hearing me uh, ramble on as I am right now. So, I want to reward you too. Yeah, just share a screenshot with me showing you're subscribed. I'll enter your name in. And if you win, um, of course, I'll have to get your mailing info. So, I mean... If I'm just some random podcaster and you don't feel comfortable sharing your mailing info with me, I guess it wouldn't be a great idea to enter this raffle, but I have a feeling, uh, given my likely audience, that I, prob- I probably know most of my listeners uh, personally. And, and uh, hey, if you, uh, if you win the raffle, there's no stipulation saying you can't share your pizza with me either. But also important, I wanted to mention, if you are a listener from... Uh, like outside of Wisconsin, and you still want to participate in this raffle, you may. And if you win, I'll simply just Venmo you the dollar value of uh, Rocky Rococo's whole pie. If that were to happen, I'll do more research and get you an exact dollar value. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, take away any money from you or I. I'm too cheap for that. But yeah, if you want a chance to win somewhere in the ballpark of fifteen or twenty dollars too, just show me that you're subscribed and. Given the number of likely listeners, honestly, I think you have a pretty good chance. So if you're listening, I think you'd be foolish not to, you know, not to humor me on this. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have for this episode. Again, I'll be having another one that I'm incredibly excited for coming out later this week. And you can uh, you can join me uh, in this Rocky Rococo's raffle um, by going to Nuck If You Buck NBA. That's you just the letter you otherwise spelled just as it sounds on uh twitter or instagram and um and uh yeah then you can just uh slide in my dms with the picture of that subscription i haven't <laughs> now that i'm talking uh i'm thinking about it, i haven't really given a deadline for this but i'd say try to get it in by next week around this time i guess hopefully i'll have some candidates by then but Heck, if I get one person, I have no problem just giving it to them right off the bat. So thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Rocky Rococos, for engaging uh, with me here. Check out all the other Hoop Heads podcasts out there. And I'll see you a little later this week, brother. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best. We'll help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit MyPodcastManager.com to get started. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again. See you in another life, brother.